Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, bang! That one goes down and the game is tied! Time! Penetrate, creates, and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. What's happening, everybody? What's going on? Episode 431 of the podcast. Welcome back. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA, too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. But in this episode, episode 431, we haven't had an episode since, I believe, the... Houston Astros ALCS series. Um, so I, I figured this would be an episode where we maybe rant a little bit on the uh, press conference that happened last Friday because we've got some things to say there. We're also just going to give a bit of an off-season outlook and do a little planning. And we're going to have a guest join us later in the show. Um He's a he's been on the show a few times. This is uh, Greg from Yankee Crazy Podcast. He has an excellent show. Go subscribe and download his episodes. Yankee Crazy Podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and um, Anchor wherever you get your podcasts. So he will join us in a little bit in the second half of the show. But yeah, as for the first half, we're going to give our own thoughts, and then we'll get his thoughts later on. And I believe this episode will also be posted to his channel. Um, At least that segment of this episode will be posted to his podcast. So he's going to drop it sometime soon. This episode, uh, I'm recording it on Thursday, November 10th. And it should be out Thursday night, November 10th. Um, If I don't drop it tonight, it'll be out by tomorrow morning, the 11th. Um, So yeah, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to BD4. I am your host, RJ Carbone, and um, (laughs) first of all, I hope you're having a great day. Um, I had an eventful one. Not really, but trying to make some money, man, and it's it's slowing down at work because the weather's cold and not a lot of golfers are coming coming in during the cold, but I'm also just losing bets, and I've been betting on the NBA a lot, and I'm not. I'm hitting the cold streak, and I've been nothing but hitting cold streaks since I started betting years ago, a few years ago. But I found myself irritated. Uh, I, I thought this was funny. I, I figured I'd bring it up. I found myself irritated um, yesterday, last night, and maybe I, I was just irritated because I've been losing bets, and I'm just a little extra sensitive right now. But I try. You know, I was I was about to place a bet on DraftKings, click on the app, and I just get pissed. And I'm complaining to myself. I'm like, 
every single time I have to log in to these stupid apps, I have to type my info in and, and log in. I can't just click it and I'm there. And I'm sitting there, I'm complaining. I'm like, how spoiled have we gotten with technology? Like, I'm literally doing something where I have a chance to get money at my fingertips sitting on my ass doing nothing. And I'm sitting here with the audacity complaining about how it's not auto-saving my account and bringing me right to the app. I just found that funny. You're literally making money sitting on your ass doing nothing. And we find a way to complain. I do. That's what you call first world uh, problems right there. Right? But, yeah, I've been losing a ton of money uh, lately. Ton of, uh, t- to me, right? Because I'm pretty broke. Um, and I think I'm going to take a break for, for a while. And I know I said that when I returned from AC a few weeks ago, but I think I actually have to tone it down. Um, I just, it's and it's always one. It's always you always hit every leg of the parlay except for one, and the one that doesn't hit is like one point less than he was supposed to get, or you know, one one total base less. It, it sucks. Um, it's November. 11, yeah, I said that already. 10th. It's November 10th as I record. Which is crazy. Gets dark at 4. <laughs> it's getting cold out again. It's almost Christmas time, man. It's going to be here before you know it. You know what's funny? I was, um... And you could skip, right? If you go, if you go to the description, if you're watching on YouTube, you can skip a few minutes. Skip this bullshit. But I just want to rant for a few on some bullshit. I was listening to, um, I had Spotify on the way to class this morning. I had Spotify on and I was listening to podcasts and somehow it's on autoplay or something. I guess somehow it like, after I was listening to a podcast about the Yankees or uh, the Knicks, somehow Spotify just went to some Christmas song and it started playing Christmas songs. I have no idea how it got there, but I kind of just went with it. And I kind of went with the flow. I'm like, all right, let's get into the early Christmas spirit. But I'm listening to Christmas songs on the way to class. And that, you know, that song that got canceled a few years ago, um, Baby, It's Cold Outside. So I'm listening to Christmas songs and that song comes on. Except it's like a it's like a woke version of it. Uh, written by John Legend, where because you know that song got canceled because he was you know supposedly just being very creepy and very aggressive towards the female in the song. If you listen to the lyrics, a woke version of it came out, and I just I couldn't stop myself from laughing. I was like smiling and cracking up very subtly because like he changed the entire lyrics and made it like very politically correct, and it's like text me when you get home. That's like part of the lyric. It's like, I don't want you leaving in the snow. It was the the most ridiculous shit I've heard. I, it's, it's not surprising given the uptightness of this world today where we have to be so correct on everything. But I thought that was hilarious how there's an actual politically correct version of that song. Because John Legend said, God forbid we just let music be music. Um, speaking of like all that shit, man. I need to graduate school. 
I got I, these college professors, man, teaching through their own lens. Listen, I got no, I got no problems with whoever you like, whoever you vote for, this and that. I don't give a shit about that. I don't even vote. But I'm in a literature class. We're supposed to be talking about these old poets and stuff because that's what all the assignments are about. And that is what we talk about a decent portion of the time. But a lot of the time, like the other half of the time period we're in class, maybe probably more, we're bringing up bullshit politics about today's world that have nothing to do with what we're learning. And the college professors always seem to teach through this liberal lens because they cater to the students because they know that young students have that same viewpoint and it's easy to do. And it's so frustrating as somebody who's not really on that side to have to sit there and listen to my professor tell me about how stupid people are to vote for this side. When it's like, I, I, who are you? Like, it's so ridiculous. And it, it, again, this class has nothing to do with the shit he's talking about. He's going up there ranting on Trump. It's like, what are we doing? And, I, I, oh my God. And this this is, I'm not even into this shit. I, I but it makes me feel like I'm some old man when I sit in college and, and this guy's out there. These guys, oh, it's so funny. I just needed to rant. I needed to get that out of the way. Um, I hope your day is going well. Let's talk Yankees. Let's not waste any time. Get to a, uh, get to our first break real quick. When we get back, we'll stop the bullshit. Stay with us. We'll be right there. Hey, guys. So if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod, and you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. All right, sorry about that. Welcome back to the show. A uh, little delay there, my fault. Um, I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 431 of BD4. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. So, 10 minutes later, we'll finally start this. Um, so, the Yankees held their annual mid-playoff postseason presser last week. I always find funny. So let's talk about this shit. I, I want to start with that, and then we'll get into our actual off-season outlook. We'll dive into the presser because because there. Oh man, like I just want to give my brief thoughts on this press conference. First off, it was your usual whole lot of nothing, like just a bunch of Yankee jargon press conference from Hal from Cashman and Boone it's just a bunch of yes network Yankees propaganda they you know I always joke about they're like the 
they're like the Biden administration. They just feed you bullshit and they think you're stupid. They're out of touch. <laughs> it's like, but no, all they do, seriously, the Yankees, all they do every year, it's the same shit. It's the same recycled terminology that they use and they read the same exact recycled script from every end of the year postseason conference. This year, the, some of the, the infamous quotes from it, you got Cashman talking about how it's it's about the process. The process was good. Boone saying that we're, we're right there from being in the mix. Uh, you got these guys blaming injuries, uh, blaming the fans. Yep. Uh, the lockout. Uh, blaming, <laughs> using the, uh, the crapshoot narrative as an out. Just all these hypocritical comments and ridiculous excuses. Talking around reporters and some of these reporters, man. Listen, I know it's it's a difficult job and it's way easier for us to sit here and tell them what they should ask. Some of these guys just, just throw them softballs. Nobody presses hard. You never really heard questions about Boone's bullpen management in the playoffs. No one really pressed hard on why they passed on these star-studded free agents in the uh, the previous offseason. There was really nothing about Peraza and how he should have been called up way earlier in the year. And they lied to us about ICAF being the stopgap until Peraza was ready. Boone just sits there telling us really how great everything is and how great everyone was, as usual. He's praising Josh Donaldson like he's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He blamed the lockout. He blamed the lockout when it came to Donaldson. He also said that Donaldson was, and I quote, searching for consistency all year. But it's like, yeah, no shit. Everybody searches for consistency. And I'll give him credit. Josh Donaldson was certainly consistent. He kept shilling his defense as if that's all you need from him as he continues to steal money from the Yankees. And he brought up another useless point of how Donaldson has been this offensive machine his entire career as if this year was a total shock. He's 36 years old when you signed him. You guys are paying $50 million for a 36-year-old veteran who has been declining and bouncing around different teams the last couple years because of that decline. So it was right in front of you. It's common baseball logic, common sports science logic, that a player in his late 30s is not going to be that same machine that they once were. Sitting there praising him, praising IKF again. Of course he has to. Talking about, like he did earlier in the year, about how great a shortstop he was. When he was the polar opposite. It's like, who do they think we are? They use their own fake metrics for something? Because none of these metrics match anything. The eye test said he was shit. And a lot of these metrics, maybe outside of defensive runs saved, I've heard. Fucking tell us he's been pretty bad. And he goes and calls IKF, by and large, excellent at shortstop. And I shit you not, he said that. The in the mix comments got me, though. They were outstanding. I got to give him credit because that one made me laugh. It, but it's, 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 is that what the standard has become now? 
Not to be the last men standing, no. But we want to be good enough to be in the mix of things. Got it. Thanks. And you got Cashman saying how it's all about the process and not the results. That tells you all you need to know. You know, we wonder why this team is so soft, sensitive, and lack that urgency. Look at who's leading the way. Look at how they think. Look at their competitive edge. And then look at Yankee regimes of the past, their competitive edge. There was an excellent clip that Joe's McFly posted on, on his social media about George Steinbrenner talking about losing and hating to lose and being a sore sport. And you, you know, he goes like, you show me a loser, you show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. Great. Like 30 second clip. Definitely check it out on his, I know it's on his Instagram of George Steinbrenner talking about losing in some interview. It's excellent. And you think back to like, could you ever imagine Hal or Cashman or Boone saying stuff like that? No. And even if this whole process in the process thing is twisting his words and he's not saying that the results don't matter, even if that's the case, we're twisting his words. He told us the process was good. So my question to that is, is Brian, if you are constantly holding after the season press conferences in the middle of the postseason, how in the hell is the process any good? That's that's a question that I that should have been the exact rebuttal from the next reporter right after he said that. How is the process any good if you're constantly doing interviews in the middle of the World Series every year? We actually we, we, we had Cashman actually tell us how and act and pretend how he doesn't know what the uh, three true outcome philosophy is. The same guy who is building this roster every year around what the Ivy League nerds tell him to do. Same guy who traded for Joey Gallo. Same guy who extended Aaron Hicks to a seven-year deal. Two, three true outcome type players. Batting judge leadoff, really? You're going to be, you're a general manager in baseball in 2022. Don't play dumb. Don't bullshit us like we're dumb. And tell us you don't know the exact philosophy that you guys use. And Cashman sits there all the time spewing nonsense about crapshoot. The postseason's a crapshoot. And that's exactly why nothing will change. Because the Yankees, they think nothing is wrong. They think that it's just it's just some bad luck. That everything is luck. right? Their definition of success, the Yankees now is reaching the postseason, and from there, it's it's in the baseball gods' hands. So they'll not overspend and make these long-term deals as much as they used to, and they'll just make little tweaks and small fixes and be cost-effective because at some point, it just comes down to rolling a dice. When that's consistently being proven wrong each year recently, just look at who's been winning the World Series. You know, going back to 2015, the Royals. Then you had the Cubs. Then it was the Astros, the Red Sox, the Nationals, the Dodgers, the Braves, and now the Astros again. So that's six of the eight most recent championship teams that I just listed. 
finish their regular season with a top three record in their respective league. Okay, And five of those eight teams were first place in their leagues. That's not really a crapshoot. The best teams winning is not a crapshoot. And it's scary. That's very scary that they believe that, truly believe that. And even if you, as a baseball fan, think that's true, that the, the postseason's a crapshoot, that should not be the mentality of a general manager and a manager, you know, especially a general manager of the New York 27-time World Series champion Yankees at that. So what does that say? If, if, they, if they think they're truly doing nothing wrong and that it's just been injuries and bad luck, then what the hell is it actually going to take for this duo of loser cowards to lose their job? As the uh, landscapers start blowing leaves and mowing the lawn. Give me one second. Let me close these windows. <laughs> Hopefully that helps. Um, where were we? What does that say? Like, what's it going to take for people to actually start losing their jobs? Missing the playoffs? Missing the playoffs multiple times in a row? We're total sheep. Total sheep. Any of us who actually believed change was going to happen this time around. I fell into it for a bit. Now it should. It should happen. I mean, these guys got taken to five games. Five games in the American League Division Series by a team with the payroll good enough for a Kit Kat. A team who got canceled by the pronoun people. Took the Yankees to five games. And then, after limping out of that series, <laughs> they get bitched once again for, like, what's the fourth time since 2015 by the Houston Astros in a four-game sweep, the latter two games being on your own turf. I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it just seems like Hal is very comfortable in his yacht, doesn't want to do much work on the team, so he's just going to keep it as it is. And Cashman is obviously very tight with the Steinbrenner family. I mean, the guy is technically currently a free agent. And he was just answering questions last Friday night. So that tells you all you need to know. That they have a deal already in the bag for Cashman. They've already worked it out behind closed doors. And that's probably going to come out in the next couple of days if they have a deal. These guys contradict themselves so much, though. I saw a tweet. By a good Yankee fellow, Neil Keefe. And he basically said that one year ago, Boone brought up how the league closed the gap on the Yankees. And I remember that. Today, Cashman said the Yankees can close the gap on Houston. Good to know the Yankees are on the same page. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> and they, it, it, it's, it's, that's perfectly put. And they blame the fans. They also blame the fans. These idiots are so soft. These articles that came out last week or two weeks ago are remarkable about how Yankees players, Yankees players were offended and they're blaming the fans and they're, you know, for, for, for the booing and they're ruining the fun and, some of them don't want to come back because it, it, it's so cowardly. 
But again, are you surprised by this? Because they are soft. Because Luke who's leading the way. And of course, it's been trending on social media as well. That tweet from the Yankees earlier in the year from their page. No excuses, no moral victories, no narratives or storylines. Talk is cheap. They actually put that out there and then have the audacity to contradict it 1,000% in these interviews. It's just so fitting, so fitting that this is all piecing together the way it is. But it's like, yeah, you're getting defended at booze. This is the Bronx. Welcome to expectation. Welcome to a big city where fans are passionate and will be fans. We don't have pom-poms for a reason. Instead, we've got our voices, our passion, our energy, and we've got alcohol. Okay? So people are going to be assholes. Deal with it. Nobody is immune to getting the big, bad, scary three-letter word. Nobody. If Mantle got booed, if Derek Jeter got booed, Aaron freaking Judge can get booed for going 1-for-16 in an American League Championship Series. A-Rod got booed like crazy every playoff from 4 all the way up until 9 He had a ridiculous season himself in 7 Very similar to Judge. He still got booed. But you know why they stopped? Because he, unlike Aaron Judge, so far, stepped it up in 09 and finally won them a World Series by raking that entire month. So why the tears? Why the crying? Spoiled what? How? It's been 13 years for the Yankees. That's a long time for a lot of other teams too. The Cardinals, the Giants, the Royals, the Cubs, the Astros, the Red Sox, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Nationals, and the Astros again have won a World Series since the Yankees have last been back. Tampa has been back to the World Series since we have. The Mets have been back to a World Series since we have. The Rangers, the Indians, the Tigers, and the Phillies. Let's not act like the Yankees have been shitting out pennants left and right. You really want us to just sit back, clap our hands, and say get them next time? Like a bunch of good boys? Newsflash, not going to happen because this is sports and sports are competitive. The idea in any sports league, professional, amateur, team sports, individual sports, any kind of sport, whatever, the idea is always to be the last one standing. That is the point of sport, of competing in any kind of event. That's the point, to be the winner. Now consider, this is the Yankees, and they spend $250 million on this team every summer. You're going to have expectations. <laughs> if I already guessed who the players were that complained, I probably not. I wouldn't put Judge there. Judge, Judge knows he's a smart dude. I want to say it's Glaber and Hicks. Definitely, the, the, those are the two who come to mind. Hicks is the same is the same guy who sat out a game for mental reasons, for mental rest. And Glaber has always been a guy who's been emotional. Right? You can see it affects his play. I want to say it's Glaber and Hicks. That article. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take another break, come back, and we'll talk about what we would do in the offseason, which is a completely different idea than, than what the Yankees will probably do. Stay with us. Be right back. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, 
but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. Welcome back to the show. Episode 431. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. It's time to figure this shit the fuck out. Houston is always in the way. That's It's now six consecutive years where they've made the American League Championship Series. And the Yankees are also doing the bare minimum to defeat them. And they're completely content with it. Which is insane. It's, it's, it's insane. I also wish somebody would have asked Cashman if he regrets not going after the free agent class from a few years ago. Harper, Machado. Both of them were in the NLCS. Both of them have been to a World Series since leaving their first teams. Machado immediately as a rental with LA. And Harper just this past year. Oh, man. I just keep thinking about those pathetic excuses as to why they never went after Harper. That one tweet resurfaced just a few days ago. How they, they said they passed on Harper because, and I remember this, because they didn't have enough room in the outfield. Now I remind you, the guys who were taking up space, Jacoby Ellsbury, Brett Gardner, Aaron Hicks, and Clint Frazier. Jackson Frazier, sorry. Yeah, that's that's real. Meanwhile, years later, these games and, and the Yankees, their big prize acquisition that offseason was DJ LeMay, who I like DJ. I think DJ has been very serviceable. But let's be real. He's not those two. He's never going to hit like he did in, in, in 2019 and, and in the COVID season 2020. He's older. He's getting hurt a lot now. Oh, and, and that left spiel that left field and that left field spot this year. We had four different regulars play out there. So we clearly we're still look so we're we're still looking for help there. Such a joke. You can sign free agents, but you don't want to lose draft picks. So you don't sign free agents. You don't do it because you make up these excuses about you don't have the money. You don't want to pay the luxury tax. You manipulate service time and all these prospects. You're talking about how lanes are important. Lanes. That's why you're not calling up, guys. You can't trade for a star because of these prospects. All these excuses. You can't sign a star because you're waiting on prospects. There's a perfect tweet that was talking about that. I forget who it was. I think it was Michigan Yankees. I may be totally off there. But, yeah. It's just like, yeah, they're going to come up with every excuse in the book. Everything just so they can never be wrong. So I don't even know if it's just them being completely out of touch. I just think they're stubborn. They're going to weave. They're going to bob and dodge. It's it's so childish. It's embarrassing. I get secondhand embarrassment for them. So that's why when we do our roster here in a few minutes, 
I'm not going to include guys like Trey Turner, like DeGrom, like Verlander, because I know damn well the Yankees won't even bother going after Trey Turner. Cashman will tell you that they did their due diligence, right? Which means he'll, he'll probably wake up one morning, he'll text Trey's agent, and, you know, hey, is, is Trey still available? His agent will answer back, yes. And Cashman will say, okay, thanks. And that will be the end of it. That's that's Cashman doing his due diligence. And how crazy is that, that we already know how that's probably going to go, right? We used to do the opposite. We used to know. It used to be a, you know, pretty much a lock that the next star was going to be here after you, you get eliminated early. It used to be a lock. But that's not the way we do it now, is it? Not the way we do it now. The Yankees and their six or is it seven billion dollars now on Forbes? They're going to sit there and they're going to cry poor. And they might let Judge walk to the Giants because the Yankees didn't want to pay him an extra million or give him the extra year. But they won't make any big superstar moves outside of Judge if they do. You know, they're gonna sell you every single prospect they have. They're gonna sell you that. That they're gonna work. Baby Bombers 2.0 because Torres, Sanchez, Bird, and the Severino core, that worked great, didn't it? Injuries, underachievement, busts, and all three. Like it just it that worked so good, baby bombers. So they're going to try this whole shtick again with Volpe, Peraza, and whoever the fuck else they want to hype up. I'm not saying they're going to be bad, but I'm, I'm just saying you can't try to be... You can't try and sell this fan base that and not make the big moves. And then on top of that, you can't say that shit and then just completely contradict it by manipulating service time and not calling guys up right away. That's what we're going to be working with eventually, I hope. So let's talk about what they should do given their parameters this off parameters this off season. Um, we're going to go around the diamond. List each guy I want starting at each position and stuff and explain why. Real briefly, I don't want to go too long because, again, we're going to have a guest join us, Greg, in the second half of this show. But... <laughs> Uh, I think behind the dish, we'll start there. I want a 60-40 platoon. You could have Trevino start, but I want backing him up one of Austin Wells or Ben Rortved. I want Higashioka gone. I want some new faces in there. And I want some youth in there. And those two guys are very young. Um, if Wells switches positions like he's expected to, then, you know, maybe call him up and, and have him back up whatever position he's switching to and then have Rortved be the backup catcher. But I don't want Higashioka back. Get some new blood. At first base, I'm bringing back Rizzo. I know he just opted out, but that was expected. Um, I just, I want to keep that camaraderie. I think he's great in the dugout, first off. But he's also just an excellent first baseman. He's a lefty bat with power, contact, and... He hits in the postseason. That's all that matters. Second base. Um, again, 
I would go Trey Turner here, but um, we're going in house and we're going with Anthony Volpe. Glaber Torres can go. I think we need to scrap it, get new faces. Too many lulls, too many mental lapses. The good comes with way too many bad. Um, and we're going to go youth and we're going to go Volpe. I hear that Volpe makes good contact um, and he's got developing power. I'm going Peraza at shortstop. Again, youth. Um, IKF was a disaster. Peraza is probably their best shortstop in the system. Hopefully, I, I, th- I think he's a pretty decent contact hitter. And he's got some pop too. I'm going Cabrera at third base. Now, I know I, they're probably not going to go three prospects starting next year. I know that, but this is me. Um, I would go Cabrera at third because Donaldson's got to go. You need youth. Uh, you get defense. You get a switch hitting bat, and you get some versatility. I was also thinking because, again, they're not getting Turner, that Brandon Jury is a decent option at third base. He's, he's a free agent, and he'd be a solid option. But in the end, I do want youth. I want athleticism. So I'm going Oswaldo at third base. Now, he can rotate in and out with DJ. DJ can still get regular at-bats like he did coming off the bench. Um, but, yeah, I'm going Oswaldo at third on opening day. Uh, left field, I'm, I'm bringing back Andrew Benintendi on a three- or four-year deal. Um, I think you re-signed the man. He's a lefty. He's got some pop. He plays great defense, has speed, and, again, contact. Um, he's like a mini Johnny Damon. Center field, I'm going Harry Bader. He's not Hicks, first and foremost. Uh, he's just an energizer out there. He looks and acts like a true Yankee. Um, he plays defense and maybe gives you a little offense in there. And remember, follow my rule, he hit in the playoffs. My rule, bearing some expectations, is if you have a resume of hitting in the playoffs or did so this past year or relatively recently, you are welcome back. Um, one of the exceptions being Aaron Judge. Um, but you got to find a way to re-sign Aaron Judge and just hope that eventually, someday, hopefully soon, he can clutch up, grow some balls, and not choke in the most important month of the season. You know, So I, I am bringing back Aaron Judge. Um, I'm going to say it's going to take like 300 over 8, which is about 37 and a half a year, I think. Probably something in that ballpark, maybe more. Maybe more years, maybe more money, maybe both. But um, I'm going to try to bring Judge back. Uh, you're the Yankees. You got the most money in the world. You got to go do it. Uh, Stanton's going to be my DH because you still need power on this team. He and Judge are a great, powerful dynamic. Um, I know he's, he's on a bad contract, so he's not going to be able to be moved anyway. And um, I do want him here uh, because, again, my rule, he produces in the postseason. He was okay in 2019. He raked in 2020. He had three hits in the wild card game 2021. And this past postseason, he had seven RBIs and a few extra base hits. Um, so he's coming back. And on the bench, um, I don't know what I'm doing with the bench yet. Uh, IKF will be a decent contact bat, utility guy off the bench. Again, DJ, you can rotate him in and out with Cabrera and other guys. Um Whichever catcher is not playing that day will be on the bench. And maybe see if you could sign a left-handed power bat to replace Carpenter or trade for one. Maybe Jock Peterson, you know, uh, maybe Vogelbach. I don't know. But you do need some pop off the pine. Maybe I think Peterson will be a decent option to come. 
So that's the that's the position players. Those are the guys I want playing around the diamond. If we go to the rotation, I think it's more straightforward. I think you're bringing Cole back, Cortez back, Severino. Those are the obvious. Then it could be up in the air for the final spots. Um, I think the Yankees are expecting Montes to be back. I think they're hoping his shoulder is going to be healthy for 2023. So he's probably going to be slotted in there. Um, Tyone, I wouldn't mind re-signing. I wouldn't hate it. He was okay. Um, there's also the option of going with Carlos Rodon. You know, losing Jordan Montgomery, that big lefty. You could replace him there with Rodon. He's 30 years old. He's still fairly young. He's like a 6'3", 200-and-something-pound lefty. Um, but the rest of free agency, you know, with the exception of Verlander and, and DeGrom, is not too intriguing outside of um, those guys. So, And the Yankee, excuse me, high-end pitching prospects in their system are all gone, thanks to Cashman making that deal for Montas. Um, so you hope that Montas can, can actually live up to expectation this time. Uh, the bullpen is you know, probably going to be more of the same with the exception of a few guys I'm letting go. Uh, King will be there. Peralta I want back. Holmes I think showed himself in the postseason. Um, lasagna was great the entire second half. Uh, Litke is a serviceable lefty to come out the pen. Marinaccio. Lou Trevino I wouldn't uh, mind bringing back. Uh, maybe Luis Carter. I think he's best out the pen. Uh, Domingo, Schmidt, come out the pen, maybe give you some sp- spot starts here and there. Um, yeah, maybe trade Glaber for a reliever, you know. But still, that leaves us departing with a lot of guys. And as I've said on social media, here on the podcast, in the blog, in, in, in person, I've said it a number of times to my peers, my Yankee friends, my plan has been this, to rebuild and restart. That was my plan, plan last year after they missed the play, um, missed the World Series. I think putting together a roster like this improves the defense, the athleticism, and it helps them with the need for contact in the lineup. And it also, most importantly, again, it gets them younger again. Um, so I'm, I'm departing with Glaber. Uh, Tyone can walk. Chapman can walk. Donaldson, you got to eat that contract or try to move him. Same with Hicks. Uh, Marwan Gonzalez is gone. Higashioka is done. Uh, Carpenter, thank you for your service. It was fun, but I do believe in flukes. Uh, Chad Green can walk. They might re-sign him. Whatever. Miguel Castro, I would let go. Um, not a fan of him. And Britton can can walk. Um, so that's what was that? Uh, 11 guys that I'm letting go. Uh, nine of those 11 guys are going to be 30 years old or older by next year. And four of them are going to be 35 years old or older by next year. So getting rid of the old guys and we're welcoming in the younger unit. You know, six guys I want next year getting a full season here. And all of them are under 30 years old. Four of them are going to be 25 or under. So I want a full year of Benintendi. It'll be his age 28-29 season. I want a full year of Bader in center. It's also going to be his age 28-29 season. Cabrera will be 24. Peraza will be 22-23. Volpe will be 22. And Wells, Austin Wells, will be 23-24. But if they go Rortved, 
Um, he'll be 25 most of the year. So a lot of youth. Yeah, you know, I think it's a better team. This suggested roster right there, I think it's a better one than this this year, on paper at least. I still don't know that it wins them a World Series, but I think it gives them a better shot. Um, and their GM put them in this position to where they can't really fix the team in one offseason. That's Cashman's fault. That's on his, on his hands. That's his blood right there. Um, but that should still be the goal, is to chase a, a championship. And they're going to have to address some things, so... That's what I would do inside the Yankee small market parameters. Um, But with that all said, I think we'll wrap it up here and we'll get to our question of the day. And from there, we'll get to the second half of this episode with Greg from Yankee Crazy Podcast and I. And he's going to give us his thoughts on, on basically everything we just talked about. So stay with us one more time. We'll be right back, get to the trivia, and then we'll get into the episode with Greg. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to BD4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to BD4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. All right, welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 431 of the podcast. I am your host, RJ Carbone. Let's wrap it up with the trivia. All right. So, for this episode... Our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day for episode 431 is, in 2002, which Yankee just missed joining the 40-40 club by one home run? In 2002, which Yankee just missed joining the 40-40 club by one home run? So let me know what the answer is, wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out on the next episode. If you don't get it correct, but you attempt to guess the answer, I'll let you know what the answer is. I'll DM you after the next show. But one last time, in 2002, which Yankee just missed joining the 40-40 club by one home run? Now, if you don't know what 40-40 club is... That's the 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases club in one season. Which Yankee did that? Almost did that in 02. All right, guys, thanks. Uh, let's get to the second half of the show. Greg from Yankee Crazy Podcast and I will be talking about the, uh, probably react to the presser a little bit. Um, and then we'll talk about this roster, what we should do with it, and, and a little more, a little more too. So 
Hope you guys enjoy it. All right. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like it gets dark around 430. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That that is that's nuts. And yeah. I remember like I remember when I used to work in Manhattan and it would be like December, like to, closer to Christmas. Yeah. And with all the buildings, if you're working kind of like more in Midtown, it would be like before four o'clock, it'd be dark. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Insane. It is. Is it um how is it with work? Is it slowing down with the weather and everything? With the well, we we're like year round here. We're such a temperate climate that Oh, that's true. You're in California. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, yeah everybody's working year round. I um, always forget. Us yeah. East Coasters. I know. I know. But the um, you know, we've had a lot of rain and it's been for here it's been cold, which is not saying really yeah. anything. Yeah, what's cold like, over there? 70? Well, th- in the mornings it was like it's like 37 overnight. So, not not terrible, yeah. but compared to a month ago when we were still touching 90s. <laughs> it's like, whoa. I get it. All right. Um right. Yeah, so I figured we'd just talk about, you know, if you have anything you want to bring up for your show too, you you'll 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 whatever segment you want to do if you have anything. Um and then I figured we talk about, you know, the off-season plan. Um maybe do a little yeah. start off start off with a little reaction to the press conference that was last Friday. Yeah. Uh, just give our thoughts yeah. on that and then you add whatever you want to add in too. So yeah, and I would love to do just like the the crossover for the um, yep. winner loser. I don't know what to call it. Neutral. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or in between, yeah. winner loser in between. Let's so we'll figure out something like that. I couldn't. I couldn't think of anything catchy to to say yeah. instead of I like that idea. Neutral. So we'll say in between. Let's do that. Uh, All right. Um. Cool. Yeah. So I I guess you know I told myself. I wouldn't watch that press conference and I didn't, I didn't lie. I didn't, but then I got texts yeah. from buddies of mine and they were sending me tweets and, and screenshots of like quotes. And I'm like, all right, I, I got to check out what these clowns got to say. And I, you know, I bought into it and I watched it and, you know, unshockingly it, it made me angry. Um, just it, to me, it's just like, why do you got to pretend that were stupid. It's the same recycled script yeah. propaganda mm-hmm. Yankee jargon is what I call it. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's it's like like you said, they're just retreading the same things. Um, you know, at least Boone didn't have his famous quote of last year saying the league has finally caught up. Yeah. <laughs> everybody knows that the league Yankees got to catch up. That was the, that was the crazy part of that one. So at least he didn't say that. And, um, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the other things that Cashman said in that, but it's, it's basically a retread of every year and, you know, trying to like highlight some guys and be like, Oh, they're fine. They're great. You know, maybe the offense wasn't there, but they're still uh, a great offensive player like Josh Donaldson, they said, or, you know, IKF, they want to point to their, you know, certain metrics that 
not anybody else really do they, do they make in. up their own metrics man it's like <laughs> that's, that's the thing they're like hmm what can we do to get him to look good defensively make up our own stuff <laughs> yeah it's it, it, i'm glad you brought that up cuz the way that Aaron Boone was talking about those two guys Donaldson like he blamed the lockout for Donaldson getting off to a slow start. And then he was telling us that he's been searching for consistency all year. It's like, well, yeah, so has everybody else, but yeah. The, yeah. Uh, and, and Donaldson was consistent. All right. Uh, okay. He was just, yeah. and then he kept talking about his defense, like his defense makes up for everything else. And right. it's, it's just, there's con they're never going to be wrong. They're always going to have an answer for something. Yeah. They will never, yeah. They're too stubborn to say, yeah, we probably should have done this or that. And and that again, that's what frustrates me. Right. Exactly. They they never want to hold themselves accountable for a poor decision on things. Um, you know, the best I think we got out of Boone ever was I think I heard an interview with him. It might have been on Michael K's show where he discussed maybe he should have made some better bullpen bullpen decisions um i think specifically he was talking about that game against cleveland what was that game three maybe that he completely blew it on but yeah these guys they they just they're like you know they 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 i think they feel like they have to put on this front like oh everything they do is right and they have to spin it that way but you know somebody else was talking about um, I forget where I heard it, um, but they were saying like, what should happen? And it was Cashman going into Hal and saying, okay, I screwed up on this. I screwed up on that. Let's just yes. like, make that, you know, dump, you know, dump Donaldson, eat the money, dump Hicks, eat, eat whatever's left on his contract too. But, and, you know, may, maybe that could happen behind closed doors, but, you know, yeah. you'll obviously never hear him say it. Um, but that needs to be done. You gotta, you, they, they need to be accountable and maybe Hal does in some ways, but it just, I don't know. feels like they think of themselves as infallible. Yeah. The thing is, you know, in, in listening to these press conferences year after year, they, I think their mindset is if we make it into the playoffs, that's a win. Because we think the rest of it is just a roll rolling the dice. They think they see the playoffs as this crapshoot, which I don't really agree with because it's usually the same way we're going home every year is the same reason. It's usually because we're not hitting. Um yeah. and you look at the teams that are winning, the teams that win the World Series are usually, you know, top three teams. Um yeah. Like the Houston Astros have won twice over the past six years. They've been one of the best teams. Uh, the Red Sox in 2018 were one of the best teams. You know, the, 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 it's the Dodgers when they won in 2020. It's, you know, most of the time, it's going to be the top team, the one of the top couple of teams. So I don't buy into that narrative that you get to the playoffs, it's a win, and then you just get lucky or not. And they're, you're, they're you know, they're blaming that. They're blaming injuries. Every other team has injuries. Um but yeah, like you said, you just hope that it, that behind closed doors, they at least acknowledge that they've made mistakes. And um, ooh, it's hard to fix this team in one offseason, man. It really is. Um, 
I I don't I don't know how they could do that. Um, I have my ideas of how it can be better than last year on paper, but I really don't know how you can make that jump because the gap between the Yankees and Houston, it's pretty big. Yes. Yeah, it is. And, you know, as we saw in that series, Yankees were, you know, I wouldn't say embarrassed completely because some of those games were close, but right. you know, overall a sweep is, is embarrassing at that level. You know, you're supposed to be a team that if you get to the, the AL, the, the LCS, you should be more competitive than that. And they had their moments of being competitive, but overall, you know, Houston just outclassed them in, in everything. And it's like, well, how are you going to, you know, close that gap between them and us? And it's like you said, yeah, that that's going to take some time, um, especially the way the Yankees do it. You know, I, I feel like with maybe, you know, uh, maybe a different GM. And I know all this about Cashman mm-hmm. and everyone says, oh, he's such a, a great um, GM. And, oh, he's, you know, so respected in the league, et cetera. But what about the whole thing of a different voice? You know, maybe, you know, like look at, look at um, Madden for the angels, you know, you want to talk, you know, everybody considers him a great manager, but the guy got fired and they always, you know, a lot of management and front offices point to the whole quote, a different voice needs to lead. And maybe that's what the Yankees need cashman. Yes. He's made some great moves. He's made some bad moves too, which, uh, you know, all GMs do, but you know, maybe they need a, a different voice and someone who's going to take the team in a different direction. So, yeah, you want to say he's great and all that, but everybody everybody needs to be accountable. And he's going on what is, we're going into what the fourteenth season of trying to get to a World Series appearance. Yes. So, and that's that's a good point. You know, because moving on for Cashman, it doesn't have to mean that he's bad. It doesn't have to mean that he's, you know, this awful GM. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame probably someday for GMs. Sometimes people overstay their welcome, and there's an expiration date on everything. And I think it, it it's a reasonable opinion to believe that Cashman should probably not be welcomed back. Because, again, if it's the same one problem every year for the last 13 years, basically – as the reason the Yankees are going home, that's on the GM. It's it's one problem that's not been fixed year after year. And it's gotten worse, honestly, because they go with this same philosophy that you hit home runs, you'll walk, you'll get to the to the World Series. And you strike out a lot. It's the same, you know, strikeouts don't matter mentality. So, yeah, I agree. It, it, it He really should be gone. But obviously, I mean, the guy's, technically a free agent right now and he just held a press conference for the Yankees so that tells you he's probably had he's probably got a deal behind closed doors already with him exactly so yeah, yeah he'll be back yeah. and Aaron Boone will be back and it's it's they're going to run it back um i expect yeah. tweaks and little stopgap fixes again and it might be the same story however we're here and we're going to play GM for the night Yes. And so I figured we do, this is what, you know, we'll, we'll do our little winner, loser, and neutral thing here. Um, so we'll yes. go around the diamond, and we'll talk about each Yankee. And um, 
winner, loser, neutral. And the ones that you want to get rid of, we get rid of, and we'll replace with a player that you want to put in there too. So um, if you want to start a catcher, and I guess we'll work our way around that way, we can yeah. do that. Um, yeah. All right. Let's so do that. Let's, let's, you start off with Jose Trevino, winner, loser, or neutral? Winner. Winner. I love Trevino. I think I think that's an easy one. He won the Gold Glove Award at catcher. He is a finalist for is it the is it the Hank Aaron Award? It's like the the one of those. Uh, it's, he's the Gold Glove uh, or, or Roberto Clemente, the Clemente. Roberto Clemente yes. Award, something like that. That you know, kind of uh, is like a, a you know, like a good guy. And I just think he's a winner. I think maybe he got a little tired this year playing so much compared to what he does he did in the past. So he, you know, kind of slumped a little bit at the end, but I love him. I think he's a winner. Keep him. Yeah, he's he's got great character, which is why he won that award. And he's the bat's gonna give you, you know, not a ton, but he makes contact, and I think that's very important in this lineup. Um, but he's just not only a great catcher athletically and physically, but he's a good game caller. He works really good yeah. with the pitchers. He's got a great chemistry with them. And he's a big reason this starting rotation and the bullpen was as strong as they were for the majority of the season. So I'm, I'm saying that I agree. I, I think Jose Trevino is a, is a winner. Um, I am keeping him there. However, um, while we're on catcher, I, I do want to say that Kyle Higashioka I'll put him in loser. I'm getting rid of him. Um, he's you know he was serviceable for, for a little bit, but um, yeah, I think sometimes you just need some new blood, um, yeah. and you need some youth in there. And I think I'm ready to move on from him. I would like you know the Yankees got that kid Austin Wells. Um, maybe he could get a yep. shot in like a sixty forty platoon with Jose Trevino. Um, mm-hmm. if they don't go Wells, maybe that the, the hologram kid can can get a ch- uh, a chance. So hologram Ben. What do you think about Kyle Higashioka in that in the in those three? Episodes? I I like Higgy. I I think he gets the participation award. Yeah. Um. I don't want to call him a loser because you can I, say neutral. I, I guess loser's a little harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's go with the with the neutral. But I still want him out. You know. I, you know. It was Giancarlo Stanton's birthday yesterday, and um, there I you know I was listening. Um, Michael K again, I was listening to him and they were talking about a few different Yankees. And then they, they brought up Higgy and he is, I think he's like 30 or 31. Like he's not a kid anymore. You know, yo, I always view him as, Oh, he's still really young, but if they were right and he's in his thirties, it's like, it's time to go. He, he definitely needs to go. Like you said, um, that, that minor league catcher, um, Wells, is he is he righty or lefty? Do you know batting? I think I know Rorfett is a lefty, but I think Austin Wells right. is a righty. Yeah, I don't know too much about him, but you know, if hologram Ben can come in and platoon, or you know, like you said, maybe a 60-40 split, or you know, maybe even um Trevino's doing 70-30 with yes. him and he's you know, and maybe he's uh, the platoon for a lefty bat when they need it in there and uh, to give Trevino some rest. I love that idea. If this guy produces, have no idea about him. We still don't know if he's a real person. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't but, know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but I'd love to see what happens with him. And then this guy, Wells, you know, is he, um, is he the next guy to step up? I guess we'll see what happens um, in spring training. Uh, but I do like that lefty righty uh, at the catching position moving forward into to, to next year, as long as uh, hologram Ben is a good, he's supposed to be a good defensive catcher. Yes. And I think his offense from is like, like decent. Nothing, I think, nothing terrible. I think they're hoping that since he's a lefty, they can find some power in there. Um, so yeah, yeah. especially yeah. Yankee Stadium, obviously, right. you know, lefty bat can pop the ball up, and you got a good chance of getting out. <laughs> right. Um, first base. Um, I'm bringing my winner back. He's a winner, Anthony Rizzo. Yes. Um, and yes. he's a winner for one simple reason: the guy produced in the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm bringing him back because of that. He's an excellent first baseman. Um, lefty, he's got power, he's got contact skills, and he's just a great veteran leader in that clubhouse. He's got a great camaraderie with the guys. We've talked about this before, how yeah. he and Judge are very tight. So uh, if we go to first base, I'm keeping Anthony Rizzo because I think he's a winner. Yeah, absolutely. Rizzo, winner, um, World Series, you know, only guy on their roster potentially well at least last season and hopefully next year he's back um with a world series ring so right off the bat that is a winner and like you said produced in the playoffs and you know slugged what was it 32 home runs which was great and you know the other thing is he's still relatively young you you know you, yeah. he's he's a veteran but he's only what 31 32 something like yeah, that he can't, he can't be older than that i know he's yeah. 32. So bring them back, you know, bring them back, do a, do a, another two year deal. Um, it's, it's interesting. I guess he wanted that opt out in it. And I guess he was smart to have that opt out because he had a productive season and he can get more than the 16 million uh, that he was going to get in 2023, you know, Yankees, who knows what, you know, maybe he, maybe he, they sign him at 20, and he gets a $4 million raise. That's a, that's a good raise and a good reason to opt out and get that money. So yeah, definitely keeping him love Rizzo. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's go to second base. Um, Glaber Torres winner, loser, neutral. I'm going to say definitely not a winner. Um, I'm going to say neutral uh, just because he did have a, a rebound of a year. However, I'm ready to move on from him. Um, I think you got to sell high. I, I don't think you can make the mistake that you did with Andujar. Um, I think with Torres, there are just too many mental lapses. And when he is not hitting, it's a long time. Too many lulls for me. So I'm ready to move on from yeah. Torres. Um, I, I think you you get what you can at this point. Um, maybe mm. a relief pitcher, but... You know, not a loser, but definitely not somebody I'm willing to keep around. I think I'm ready to move on. You still got two years of control on the contract, so he should be fairly easy to move. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's where I stand with Glaber. Yeah, Glaber is interesting because when we were talking about doing this segment, I started kind of just going through my mind with some people, and Glaber came up, and I was, you know, he, he had a up and down season produced really well and i was like well you know i had some had some good moments this season and i'm like i'm probably leaning towards winter and then i started really thinking about it and something came to me where 
I'm going to put them in the loser category. And this, yeah. this might upset some people, but here's why I'm going to say it. And there are two reasons why. Number one, when he was on the trading block, I guess yeah. he got all in like a mood and was like upset and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you got to understand talking to him is a business. This is a business. You can't get your little personal feelings involved when a team is, you know, trying to make a business decision. It's not personal with this, even though he took it personally. And the other thing is, this is something that I loved when he did it, but then it hit me as a loser. Doing the the cradling the baby to uh, um I forgot his name already on the Guardian. Nailer, yeah. I loved it when it happened. I was laughing. I took the screenshot. I probably texted it to you. I was texting it to everybody. I thought it was great. But then I thought about it and I said, you know what? That's kind of a loser mentality to, especially for the Yankees. You know, Yankees are supposed to be classy, you know, buttoned up and all that. And, you know, maybe some people don't like that, but it's like, he held on to that for when I don't know when he did that, like two games. And to do that on the field was a little bit like loserish to me. Like it was like took the bait. You're you're you're, you're sinking to the level that Nailers that Nailer was, which I thought was ridiculous. I thought it was so stupid that he even did that. And then Glaber's was maybe not as bad, but I thought it wasn't a good look. I was like, you're the Yankees. Huh. You're supposed to be classy, and it made me think about how people talk about Mariano Rivera, how he was such a great closer because if he gave up a hit and lost the game, they said it was, it was over. The the game was over. The moment was over. He turned the page. He was already looking to the next day and never held on to it. And I was like, you know, that's a winner mentality. What Glaber did, uh, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, eh, don't like it. So (laughs) Uh, you know, the other thing I don't like that I think no lo- um, no winners ever do is not hustle. And there's been too many instances where he's had like a lackadaisical run to first. And, you know, granted, it's, you know, maybe just a, a, a ground or a shortstop and the odds are, you know, the odds are 99% that you're going to be out. But, you know, hustle, hustle for that. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. I just I just don't like that. And I'm, I'm ready to move on from him. Um, and like you said got those controllable years i think a lot of teams um would like to have him because he's still young relatively young and has that control so out, yeah. get him out <laughs> i like it man i like it i agree with you um and i he was definitely i've talked about this with, with you before he was definitely one of the guys who complained about the booing i there's no doubt in my mind because there's yeah. an article that a couple of yankees were complaining about the boos they were getting glaber definitely was one of them uh, yeah. It was anonymous, but yeah. So I'm yeah. replacing him um, with Volpe. I think Volpe's at second. I think I that's what I yeah. would rather do because I want youth. I want some defense uh, and, you know, just uh, that's what I'm doing. But um, we'll go to shortstop. Um, IKF. This is interesting because he's got a very, you know, you're either for him or against him. Winner, loser, neutral. I'm going to say neutral. Um per IKF. I think his offense was good. Um, I, I, I like the fact that he's a contact bat. Um, he's mm-hmm. a perfect singles guy that you can put, plug him in the bottom of the order. Um, I would like to bring him back off the bench and have Oswald Peraza mm-hmm. start at shortstop. 
Um, just because IKF's defense at shortstop was below average to say the least. Um, it was very bad at times, and that's what Yankees fans really didn't like about him. And the Yankees kept running him out there for no – they just – they refused to switch it up, and it almost bit them in the playoffs. So I'm bringing him back as neutral – um, but I'm going to have him come off the bench. And I really think there's no doubt that the Yankees need to start Peraza there. So um, IKF is neutral. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. Um, he, I, you know, I like IKF. I, you know, I really liked him. I thought he added a different dimension to the lineup, had some nice big hits for the Yankees. Um you know, and slap hitter, which you need, put the ball in play. And he still, his average was two, 270s, something like that, 273 maybe. Um, you know, really telling that come playoff time, he gets benched and you put Peraza in there, which, you know, and, and Cabrera, you know, not a good look for the Yankees, especially with, oh, IKF's our man, he's our man. And, right. you know, I'm not sure if when they got him, I knew that he won the gold glove at third base maybe i did maybe i don't i don't know i just thought he was a shortstop coming here to play shortstop and it's you know two years in a row that the yankees have put guys in at shortstop who are not shortstops which is one of the most critical positions on the field in my opinion and it's it's like shopping through the bargain bin yeah. Um, although you didn't shop at the bargain bin because you took on Donaldson's <laughs> contract, which was ridiculous. Um, you know, overall, I, I, like I said, I agree with you as a neutral, but IKF needs to be utility or switch over to third base and platoon with maybe Cabrera and DJ. Um, that's obviously if you can get rid of Donaldson. Um, so I do like him. And and he can catch, so you got a third catcher right there, <laughs> just in case. Yeah, I think, yeah, um, I like Peraza at um, at shortstop moving yeah. forward next year. You know the whole reason. You know you kept on you you kept him and Volpe, so it's like play these guys, run them out there. You know, look at what the Guardians did. They you know they've got a lot of rookies. Their whole team was rookie heavy, <clears throat> and those guys produced. And I think you gotta see what you have out there. You know, or get rid of them. You know, one or the other. Make up your minds. <laughs> yeah. Look at Houston did. Houston trusted that rookie Pena and the guy won yeah. the MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so let's see. We've got also at I guess we um we should throw DJ in there. Well, we gotta get to Donaldson. Let's we'll let's go to start DJ on when we get to third base. We'll talk about DJ yeah. and Donaldson <laughs> together. Um, so yeah, uh third base. Uh, Donaldson, I'm, I liked him. I liked the, I, yeah, I wanted him to do well here, but he's a loser. Um, it's over. It's he, yeah. he's just too many hissy fits with the umpires on, on easy strike three calls that were obvious three pitch at bats. Just, it never worked. He never got hot. You know, he got lukewarm, which was like, you know, he hit for two games in a row or something. It would never, it would never extend yeah. to a hot streak. He, he flopped right. in the postseason after the first mm-hmm. game. That was it. I I'm ready to move on. He did play good third base. I'll give him that. But who cares? You're getting paid fifty million dollars this year, next year total. 
Um, I'm ready to eat his contract, get him out of here, and have DJ and Cabrera platoon at third base or rotate in and out, do whatever you want to do. But Donaldson cannot be there. Give me Cabrera there. Youth defense, yeah. switch hitter, versatility. DJ can play there. He's a veteran, plays third base pretty well. Good contact. But I just I, I can't do another year of Josh Donaldson. Uh, yeah. No, no. Donaldson, you know, some people might point that, um, you know, you point to MVP awards and his productivity in years past, and maybe he was a winner then, but I think he's a loser now. Um, <laughs> it just sounds so funny calling him a loser. But, I know. <laughs> you know, one of the things that about Donaldson was – that he came to this team and they're like, oh, he's going to bring this intensity. And he's, you know, he's, you know, just a hard nosed guy. And yeah. maybe he is, but I saw him laughing too much. I saw him like kidding around with everybody or like, you know, heading the, heading the clouds with the uh, playoff game where he hit the top of the wall and rounds first and gets, uh, you know, yeah. they, they nail him at second. And it's like, dude, where's that intensity? I don't want to see you smiling. I want to see like an angry dude. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, just don't like him. It was a a really foolish move of having him tacked on in getting uh, IKF and Hologram Ben. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they please Cashman on that. So, yeah, he's got to go ship him out, eat some of the money, take, you know, it's, uh, you know, take 10 million off of his yeah. contract and and maybe someone will take that 15 hell go 15 and have America. someone else pay him 10 for a good a, a really great defensive <clears throat> third baseman you know and maybe and maybe he turns it around maybe he um i don't know can go somewhere else and and have maybe a little less pressure and maybe that relaxes him enough where you get some offense um i yeah. think he still has something left in the tank that someone if you're only paying him in the 10 to 12 million um, would take on. So, yeah, it's, it doesn't seem, I mean, Cashman said the other day, he's planning on having them back. Boone was making excuses. It just doesn't sound like it's great for us, but um, let's see. I only got 10 minutes left in the zoom thing. So I'm going to try to, we'll get through the outfits. All right. We'll get through the outfield and we'll wrap it up after that. But, uh, and then we agree that DJ is a winner. He's coming back, right? DJ winner. Yeah. Yeah. Hate the fact that he uh, got in- injured the toe again, um, so that was unfortunate. But I love TJ. I, I really need. I really want him to come back and yeah. be productive next year, even in a utility role or second. If they get rid of Glaber, make second. him your starter yeah. at second and rotate him at third. You know, yeah, I, that's what I was saying. I think you go like Rizzo at first, and you go Volpe. Peraza, Cabrera, and DJ. You can you could you know, do what you did this year. You rotate him and you get him regular at bats that way because he can play. He's flexible. He can play any position. Right. Um, no first, second, and third. Amazing yeah. to have him. Um, let's go to the outfield. Um, Joey Gallo, an obvious winner. Um, Aaron Hicks. <laughs> Aaron Hicks. It's I am done. The same thing. Same story. It's he's a loser. He can't oh, hit. He's oh, lazy in the field. Oh, okay. He's got an attitude. Yeah. He's gone. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That whole, all I have is when I think of his name, visions of him with when he missed that ball and then didn't hustle yeah. for it. He's got like his head down at the wall yeah. like this. It's like, are you kidding me? You're good. Loser. Gone. 
out. Eat, eat, dump, dump them. Uh, you know, just release them if you can't eat get them. Eat the contract and get re-signed Benintendi. Get a lefty. You know, yeah. Benintendi's like a mini Johnny Damon. That's what I call him. He's a lefty with yeah. speed, defense, and he hits con- for contact. Um, center field, yes. Harry Bader. He's a winner. The guy hit winner. in the playoffs. Um, he's just an energizer out there. He looks and acts like a true Yankee. He's not Aaron Hicks, and he plays good defense. So, um, Harry Bader's a winner, and he's coming back for me. Yes, absolutely, winner. Playoff, play on playoff, perf- uh, playoff performance alone, winner. Yeah. Um, before we get to judge, because obviously that's a little longer of a story, we'll 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 go Stanton at DH, um, and then we'll get to judge. Stanton, I'm I'm bringing you know obviously he's not going anywhere on that contract. Um, I'm going to call him a winner, man. Listen, I, I he's the injuries are frustrating, the the ups and downs and the hot and cold streaks are frustrating. But at the end of the day, he does produce. You know, oh, you're back. Month we had a, we had a little we had a little um, blip there. Oh, we're my, good. my screen froze, so I don't know what oh, you okay. saw. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, we're good. We're good. Beginning of what you were saying. Um, no, basically I'm just saying Stanton, I'm bringing back as a winner. Um, he yes. hits in the playoffs. He's got power. He, is he frustrating? Yeah. He gets hurt too much and he's very streaky, but at the end of the day, if he keeps hitting in October, um, I'm fine with it. He, he had a good 2019 playoffs, a great one in 2020 had three hits in the wild card game last year. And this year he didn't hit as much, but he did have seven RBIs and a bunch of extra base hits in the postseason. So I'm bringing yeah. Stanton back as a winner. Yeah, had some big hits, um, and he's a guy who, uh, you know, takes it. He he takes all that. Yes, he's a professional and, and criticism, and he just he, he he lets it roll off. He says, you know, says they're all the right things and accepts it. Um, yeah, I like Stanton a lot. I I, I am rooting for him. Um, I don't love how much more on the contract. Uh, how many more years he has left on the contract? That's. That's yeah. that's a little bit of an albatross, but that's that's another story. Uh, does, in terms of winner, it is. does suck that he that he can't move and he can't play a position. But I guess you take the good with the bad. Um, and then an Aaron Judge, um, he's obviously a winner, and I think you you got to find a way to re-sign him. Uh, if you got to go three hundred over eight, yeah. you do it. Um, yeah. is it frustrating that he continuously? chokes in the postseason year after year after year yeah it is um but i don't think that's a reason you let him go i think you sign him back and you just pray you hope that you beg that eventually he finds it in a playoff um so aaron judge i'm bringing back Uh, if you got to go over 300 again you do it if you got to give him the extra eighth year you do it so yeah he's coming back yeah definitely you know winner playoff performance was was not fantastic this year but look at August, like end of July, August, where he carried the team, you know, he was, he was carrying the team and even, you know, uh, carrying it meant he was the only offense. They still were not a good team at that point, but he was the only one producing. So yeah, you got to bring him back. Um, and, and you, like you said, give him that extra year and, you know, you make that money up with all the Jersey sales. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Are you changing? I just, I guess I'll just ask this question in one. Are you changing anything about the rotation? Who are the five that you're bringing back? Are you signing any free agents? For me, I'm going Cole, Cortez, Severino. I think those are the three obvious. Yeah. Um, I think the Yankees are going to bring Frankie Montes back and expect his shoulder to be healthy. Um, so you got to ride that out. And then the fifth, 
I wouldn't mind bringing back Tyone. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, but I like that Carlos Rodon is a free agent, and I think it's a good replacement for Montgomery because Rodon is also a big left-hander. Um, he's yeah. a veteran. He's become an all-star the last two years. So I, I would, yeah. I wouldn't mind changing it up and going with with Rodon over Tyone at five. So those are my five. Yeah, I agree with you. Cole, you know, even though I did not love everything that he gave during the season, you know, he he had his ups and downs, you know, dominated against teams that he should have dominated against, um, you know, little way too many home runs he gave up. But, you know, playoff performance was great. You know, he, he really um, he really showed it there. So I think definitely well got to keep him I, I i i have changed my opinion about him when i was down during the summer about him um really like him nestor obviously love nestor um severino yes need a full year of severino no injuries hopefully um tyone if you can bring him back at a manageable uh, salary, because if they give him, I, I think I heard if you if he, they have to give him a qualifying offer, it's like 19 million. That's a little too much, a lot. Tyler, in my opinion. Um, although the guy does come and he he grits it out for you. Um, like you said, Rodon. Yeah, um, I'm not sure how much you'd have to sign him, and I you know I don't even know where they are with the luxury tax, but you know, spend Hal's money. Bring them in. Yeah. That that is a that is a great rotation. Yeah, because who we got? Cole, Severino, Nestor, uh, Rodon, and like you said, Montas, who I would call him a loser if we're going. Yes, you know, yes. <laughs> neutral. Just just the the apathy on him yeah. during a game doesn't seem intense to me. Just was like um, I don't know. Just seems like yeah. a, a, a slob to me. <laughs> he does. He does look overweight. Um, all right, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's the all season right there. In terms of the new guys, um, Cabrera, I think he's a winner. I loved what he showed. I think next year, uh, you know, I think he's even going to progress and be better. Parazzo, yeah. we really don't know. I th- I thought he showed that he could hit. Um, and I would, I, at this point, I call him a winner. We don't really know. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think, I think we covered everybody. That's it, man. Um, oh, some of the other people, let's see. Although, you know, that bullpen's going to be really different. Um, Chapman, thankfully, is gone. But I only have so, 30 oh, seconds. For some reason, it's counting down because oh, yeah. I don't I have less than a minute, but Yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. Um, Aaron Boone, I'm going to put him on the loser list, though. Yes. Oh, yeah. Boone is. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm if I'm the, uh, the owner, he's out. If I'm GM, he's out. But yeah, man, that's it. The Yankees. Uh, all right. That that what that's what we would do. That's our blueprint. But it's gonna be something different. I'm sure. I, I'm sure it's gonna be the same old shit. And um, thanks yeah. for coming on. And and you know, yeah, thanks, Rob. Thanks and this is gonna be on your show. Yeah, keep crazy doing, podcast. We're gonna have it online. Uh, yes. broadcast it online too. But so yes. thanks a lot. Yankee Crazy Podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and more. So thanks, man. And BD Four Podcast. Yes. Go, thanks, man. Go find Rob on all his platforms. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.